I was in uh, Florida yesterday. I was there two days uh, at our conference, and folks from Miami came, and Fort Lauderdale or West Palm, and then it was in Clearwater, and we had a rich time uh, fellowshipping with Christ at the center. And some of our friends from years ago came and from our Brand- uh, Brandon, Sarasota, Fort Myers, so it was a rich time. And uh, this morning, we, I'll, I'll, I want to introduce to you the, the theme here. And this is, uh, go to turn with me to John chapter 3, and, excuse me, John 3, regarding the new birth, John 3, so here we have the words of Christ to Nicodemus, who should have known this. Christ says that later, and we, we know this story. Many, many of us know from years ago when we were born again of the Spirit. This is the key, born of the Spirit. You are born your first birth physical birth. So you have the physical birth, your first one. This is the first one. And you will, you will die twice if you are not born of the Spirit. So you, you die twice. You die physically once, and then you die eternally because you are immort- ultimately immortal. You live forever somewhere. You'll live forever. But if you are born again, you don't die. You die physically. You die once, but actually you don't taste the death. You pass through the shadow of death. Now, under my table here, there's a shadow. But that's not the table. That's the shadow of the table. Like, it's not a table, it's just a shadow. Death, for us, is a shadow. Because Christ tasted death for every man. What happens to you when you die? You leave your body. You're gone. You don't sleep in a grave. Uh, you know, by the way, like, like when you look at a dead body, that person is not there. They're gone. They left. When you go to the cemetery, they're not there. Where are they? They're either with Christ, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and you you do not die eternally. You are living eternally, for you are born again, born of the Spirit. That means now, in this lifetime, you have a whole avenue a whole direction of a new life. You have a new life. Now, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to close this introduction in a minute. But here's the message. Moses was in Egypt. He's going this way. He grew up as an Egyptian. 
But he saw where it was going, and he stopped. Figuratively speaking, he made a calculation. All right, I, I'm an Egyptian. I'm also a Jew. And, and like, am I going to go with the Egyptians, or am I a Jew? But the Jews are slaves, and they build pyramids, and they don't have any rights. They don't own property, and they, they're slaves in Egypt. But I, I, I belong to them, and they say, and the fathers say, that there's a promised land, and that God is real, and that I could follow God. I could believe God. Moses is going this way, and this is kind of like us. I don't know about your life, but this is how my life was going. It was going in a bad direction. I was living this way. I was going with the Egyptians. And then, then like Moses in principle, we'll read it in a, in a little bit. He, he made a calculation. Like he stopped and he looked to God. And God had him turn. And he started to say, I'm, I'm going to refuse what Egypt offers me. I'm not accepting it. I refuse it. I'm not accepting it. I'm not, I'm not going that way. And he started to live by faith. And as he lived by faith, he made certain decisions. And our message this morning is about what those decisions were from the text. We'll go word by word. We have seven words and what that meant in his life. And I want to say that to you here this morning and to myself. And that is because of our new birth, we have a whole opportunity of like stopping. We, we believe God. We are born again. And now God is speaking to us. And we don't go with the same people. We, we make certain decisions about life. And, and what happens is that our hearts are drawn to God. And we start making these decisions and we live a different way. I want you to learn about that. Many of us have been doing it for many years, and it's in my heart as a pastor to tell you that you have a better life. You already have it. Christ gave it to you. You are born again. I, as a pastor, I want to say to you, like, I know about this way in Egypt. I know about it, but there's a better way. I mean that metaphorically. I mean, Egypt is like, go back to Egypt means that they, they wanted to go back to slavery. They were, they, they wanted to, they, they, it's not a good place. It's not a good place, like going back to Egypt. And that means that in the world, I want to go back to Las Vegas and do the gambling. I want to go back to partying. I want to go back to my old friends. We had a brother here, we called him Hang Up the Phone Eric. How about it? Remember that? He was a drug dealer on the streets in Baltimore. And he came here and he changed. He accepted Christ. But the phone was ringing all the time. And I said, you got to learn, Eric, hang up the phone. And we called him Hang Up the Phone Eric. Remember that? How many of you remember? Because, oh, okay, a lot of you, yeah. Hang, but he died on the streets of Baltimore. But he did hang up the phone for quite a while. But he couldn't, he, he couldn't, he went, he, you see, Egypt wants your lunch. 
Egypt wants your life. Egypt wants your Egypt is a place of slavery, and Pharaoh is not a good guy. So Jesus came so that we would have another life, and that's what we're going to speak about today. Okay, would you stand with me, please? We'll turn in the scripture in a minute. Just stand up. And so what were the two lines we just said? I know how the story ends. Right? I know how the story ends. How does it end? We win. we win. We overcome deaths. We are with Christ. I know how the story ends. And then the other word was, I'm fighting a battle that I've already won. Wasn't that it? I have fought a battle I've already won. Could you explain that to your neighbor for a minute? Turn to your neighbor and just say, I know how the story ends. All right. Praise the Lord. Wow. Great. I know how the story ends. Huh? It's good. Right? Lord Jesus, bless the message today. Thank you for each person that came. They came out today by faith. They said, let's go to the church. Let's hear a word. Build our lives on your words. We want to hear something, Lord, and build our life on it. Walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We have a text here in Hebrews 11. I'm going to ask you to do a little work on it. So... In this text in Hebrews 11, could you turn there? And if you're running the slides, uh, go to 11.3. We see this phrase, through faith. Through faith, then you go to verse 4. By faith, Abel. Then by verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Yeah, wow, who was ever running that? Thank you. By verse 7, by faith Noah, verse 8, by faith Abraham. By faith, verse 11, through faith Sarah. And what are the stories of every life here but what they did by faith? They live by faith. Many times you make a decision in your life and you, you're going in a direction and you see where it could go. This is not good. Uh, I'm going in a direction, and I, I need more. I want more. I, I feel that happened in my heart when I was young, a young man. I, I kind of looked at what life is about, and I just said, I just thought, no. Nah. You mean the Peace Corps had a piece on radio. This is back, I must have been 12, 14 years old, working in my dad's butcher shop. And on the radio, there was, you know, President Kennedy had the Peace Corps, and it was a story about a, a, a young man lived, he got a job, he got a schooling, he got a job, he had a family, he bought a house, he lived, and he died. And then it said, make your life count. Join the Peace Corps. And Pastor Hadley did. You want to take a stand, Pastor Hadley? 
He went to the Peace Corps. Did you find Christ first, or did you go to the Peace Corps first? Okay, just before he found Christ. Peace Corps is not the answer, but Christ is the answer. But the Peace Corps advertisement provoked it in my heart. Yeah, what am I going to do, just live the average life? Like live, have a job, get a paycheck, and have a family, and then die? Is that like what life is about? And I go, no. No, in my heart, it was like, it's got to be more. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Sarah had a child. By faith, Jacob had 12 sons and went down into Egypt. By faith, Joseph was in prison in Egypt. And he had, he, you know, by faith, Joseph. And then by faith, Moses. So we are at the Moses part in the story. And I have seven words here. And uh, I, we kind of took it apart. And I just need you to look at it, and I don't want to lose you on on this because uh, it's at the very heart of our message. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, what's that mean? Come to years. What? When he was come to years, it means... When he was 40 years old, when he grew up, when he became an adult, when he was 40 years old, he made a decision. Now, listen, I was 19 years old, and I said, you know, I I, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to look to God. I don't know God. I don't know who he is. I don't even know if I believe in God. But I, I, there's got to be something more. So God answered me. I had 19 warts on my arms and fingers, and skin warts. I don't know where they came from. But anyway, uh, I was in the shower, and I counted them. I counted 19. And I go, if you are real, God, take these away. <laughs> Next day, I counted 18. I go, I must have miscounted. Within two weeks, they're all gone. I go, okay, okay, okay. If you are there, if this is God, I'm in. I'm ready to roll. Let's go. What's going on? And a brother sat down with me with the Bible, and he started to show me the Bible. He led me to Christ. I said a prayer October 31st, 1971, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Asking Jesus into my heart. I don't know why I, I'm on a college campus and I got all my buddies, my drinking buddies and everything else that's going on. And I stopped and I said, God, right? Jesus, are you real? Yes. He's answering me and turns my heart. Turn my heart. This is what happened to Moses. How old was Moses when he said, I'm a Jew? Not an Egyptian. How old was he? Forty years old. Let's read verse. Uh, uh, you you got to go to Exodus to find that he was forty years old, but that's what happened in verse uh, twenty-four. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
What does it mean to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter? It means you are the next Pharaoh. You are the next Pharaoh. Well, what, what does Moses have in his future? You're going to be the next Pharaoh. And he said, I refuse. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm a Jew. I'm going. I don't know what's going on. But God's speaking to my heart. I, I don't know. I, I refuse. I'm not. I'm not into this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm, 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 I've got privilege. I got a pyramid. I got a place where they're going to bury me in gold and coffins and mummify me. And I've got authority and I'm a king. I'm going to be a king and so on. And he just refused. He said, no, I'm not into it. How do you do it? By faith. How do you make decisions? The same way, you have to learn to refuse. Come on. You got to refuse sometimes. You got to say no. You got to hang up the phone. Come on. You got to say no to that beautiful girl or that ugly guy. You got to say no to that opportunity, to that beautiful opportunity that you have. This is a plus, like Egypt and Moses and the whole thing coming together, you say, oh, it's all coming together. That's what I want. But why did he want something else? Because something that God gave him the grace to see beyond a pyramid. And he saw something more. He saw God, and he didn't know how this would happen. Let's go to the first word here. He refused. Deny oneself, disregard one's own interests, not to accept, to reject, to refuse something offered. I'm sure we know the word. But can you practice it? Can it be in your heart? Can you say no to something emotional? Can you say no to something that will be momentary pleasure, but I will forfeit it for the sake of the big run, the long, the long look? I look down the road and I just say, if I could live by faith in God, it's going to turn out awesome. I look down the road, but the 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 thing is, like you know, it's very tempting. Then there, there's something in Moses' heart as an example for us where he was able to refuse. So that's got to be in your vocabulary. Is it? Can you refuse something? Those immediate images, those immediate fantasies, the things from our own hearts, and they, you know what the answer is? No, I can't. It's strong. It's in my heart. I'm torn. I got Egypt, and I've got God, and I don't know what God's going to give me. Where's the kingdom, God? I can't see it. Where, where's my future, God? I don't know. Where, who are the Jewish people? They are slaves. They don't have anything. No power, no army, no military, no money. They don't have anything, but they got promise. And they say they have the living God. Like, where am I going to land in this? What am I going to do? 
So that's what he's facing. Next word is in verse, if you read verse 25, choosing. So that's this word, choosing. To take for oneself, to prefer, choose, to choose by vote, elect to office. Choosing. What was he choosing? Rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He chose to suffer. Who of us would choose to suffer? How could we choose to suffer unless there's something more than the suffering? There's the calling. There's the plan. There's God's glory. There's something bigger. There's something greater. You see, that's why your spiritual imagination is an important part of your faith. You know, you get you and I, we can get locked in and say, I don't have any choice. This is the way I have to go. But wait a minute, time out. I have a choice. I can choose. I'll go with those people. Yeah, but they're like, you know, they're Jews, they're slaves, they're, they don't have anything. Yeah, but I'm going with them. I choose to suffer with them. I will suffer with them rather than the pleasures of sin for a season. Look at verse 25. Rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Uh pleasure of sin how long how many minutes how many minutes is there in the pleasure when you how much how much how many days a day a pleasure maybe a, a whole affair for three months or a year of pleasure fascination uh intrigue conspiracy Lying, cheating, all that is stolen bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Yeah, the whole thing about an affair is a whole game of intrigue and lying and, and adrenaline rushes and the whole thing. But where does it take me? It divides my family, ruins my relationships. Uh, Bill, it, it labels me as an untrustworthy guy, a deceiver, a liar. What, what good is pleasure for a season? Then it bites like a viper. Playing a game with fire and you get burned. You get hurt and you hurt other people. It's, you can choose. No, I'm not doing this. I choose to suffer with the Jews rather than the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26, the third word is esteeming. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches, than the treasures in Egypt. I mean, to take up the cross, Christ, 
people ridicule, watch our culture. It's turning on the Christian. It's turning on people like us. And it's okay. Because that's the reproach of Christ. Christ is at the, at the center. He's the victor. He's the answer for the human race. He's the one that we really need. But Egypt doesn't like Christ. Egypt doesn't like the Jews. Egypt is not letting the Jews go. Egypt is wealthy. Egypt has power. Pharaoh is the king. And Moses is saying, yeah, I know all about that. I've been there. I know how empty it is. I know what it is. I've been there. I've been at the parties. I've been at the university. I know all about it. I, I'm not into it. I found I'm going after God. And I'll take the reproach of Christ. But then I gain Christ, not the treasures of Egypt. What's Egypt? They have pyramids, stuffed with gold and coffins and death. You know, I think Halloween season, uh, it's like in our country, I read that there is more money spent on Halloween than on Christmas now. It's changed. It went upside down. And what is Halloween? It's uh, actually skeletons in the yard. A cemetery, you know, plastic, big, tall, witches, and and what is it? Spirits in the trees, and what is it? You know, joking and and all this. Uh, and and I like the holiday. I mean, I like uh, the fall season, the harvest night, which we have here, and and I love. And we have a flea market on Saturday, and I'm I'm hoping to bring all my junk. And, and sell it at high prices. And uh, at the end of the day, give it away, give the rest away. Well, I mean, we'll have fun. We use the holiday <clears throat> for the glory of God. But this is what I want to say. Halloween is like people celebrating death, the culture of death. But Moses is saying, I know there's pyramids in Egypt. I know there's gold there. I know, but there's death. There's death. But God is not the God of the, he is the God of the living. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they are alive with God in heaven. They gather themselves up to their own people. That's our celebration. So we have a message to the people. that I love your cemetery in your front yard. That is so cool. And the skeleton of the dog, I saw a dog skeleton, and two human beings with a skeleton on the front porch with the, <laughs> the dog skeleton. And, and, you know, that's very cool. Wow, that's great. And what do you think about it, about death? What do you think about it, the grave? Oh, grave, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Do you have something beyond death? Can you celebrate life? Can you celebrate Christ? Have you become a follower of God? Would you like God in your life? I don't want to over-spiritualize the point, but I do want to say Moses is saying, I've been in Egypt. I know all about it. I'm out of here. If God leads us out, we're out of here because there's something better. There's a land of promise. There's a land where there is righteousness and promise and the Holy Spirit and the name of God. There's something better. And that's what I'm following after by faith. 
Yeah, I can't get there but by faith. I, I have to live by faith. Now you might say, where does faith come from? It comes from the word. It's a diet in the word. A lot of it. A lot of the word works in your heart, faith. And you start believing God. I went to Bible school by faith. People make decisions to go on the mission field by faith. I said no to a, a, a girl in my heart that was attracted to a girl in the Bible school days. And I said no in my heart. I made a decision in my heart. No, I'm not. I, that's not in my life right now. It, whenever that happens, that can happen from God. He could give me a wife if he wants to. And I can look unto God and trust him for that. And not go in the way of the world, but go in the way of God and do a, live like this. Refuse something by faith. Choose by faith. And now we have this word, esteem. What does it mean? To consider, deem, account, think, evaluate. How valuable is it? Is it valuable? I want you to grow in understanding the value of your faith, the value of your decisions. I want you to esteem highly this decision that you have made to follow Christ, believe in Christ. All of us could say, I don't think I can do it. Well, listen, I can't do it, but Jesus turns us. And we start living by faith, and that faith grows. That, that you see the value of it. You see the wisdom of it. And listen, Moses, God said to Moses, go talk to Pharaoh. And Moses said, I can't talk. I can't talk. And they say 75% of Americans are afraid of public speaking. I can't talk. I can't talk. And, and the Lord said, do it. And I, I, there's more to it. There's a, there's a message there, but we're moving on here. But he went, and I can tell you, when he went back, he talked to Pharaoh, and when he went out of there, the Holy Spirit was all over it. I, I'm telling you, Moses is like realizing God is in this. And God, a month later, God sent him back to talk to Pharaoh. And then when he left Pharaoh, and I just think of the parliament steps, you know, like in Egypt, the steps of the parliament just going up there to talk to this king. Who am I? But I, I, I do it, and I, and I just say, you got to let us, all the Jews have to leave Egypt. And Pharaoh said, are you serious? Are you nuts? They're not leaving here. Exodus 5, verse 2, who is the Lord? I don't know the Lord. Moses leaves, goes down the steps. I'm making up the step part, but I get you, I want you to fall. Then he, a month later, goes back up and he comes back down. How many times? Ten times. And then at the end, he goes, God has shown me I will not see your face anymore. Pharaoh said, I don't want to see your face anymore to Moses. And Moses said, you are right. God has shown me I will not see your face anymore. Guess who is on? Who? What's going on? Tell me. What is going on in that story? 
God is taking the Jews out of Egypt and Moses is their leader. How did Moses get to that place? More than 40 years later, listen, it, we, we drew this one, wasn't it? Uh, where is it? No, forget it. Okay. He, <laughs> he was 40 years old. He was 80 years old when he went back to Egypt and did this work. And when they came out, it was God that did it. And I want to encourage you this morning, just in finishing here. I want to encourage you. It's not a joke. You're a believer in Christ. It's so, the most awesome thing in your, in your life. It's not a light thing. Christ is with you. Be encouraged in that. Esteem it. And then had, had, he had respect. That's in verse um, 26. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He put value on it. He got to see it. He, he understood it. He realized he had respect for it. He, uh, this is real. This is salvation. This is glorifying God in my lifetime. This is leading two and a half million people out of slavery. This is God forming his nation on the other side of the Red Sea and the Jordan River. This is the hand of God. I want you to have that in your heart and in your life. I want you to realize that these words apply to you. That you have respect for what it is that God is leading you into. How God will use you. How God is using you. How it has value. Then the next one. He forsook, left behind, departed from, left, to forsake, to leave oneself a person or thing by ceasing to care for it, to abandon it. Can you let it go? Can you let it go? Can you leave it? Can you forsake it? Let's look at verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. We have the word forsook, then we have this not fearing, this word, this phrase, not fearing the king. Uh, well, the king is going to come out. I don't care. Well, you can't do that. God's doing it. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I, I, it's not in my, I forsook Egypt. And I'm not afraid of the king of Egypt. He can do whatever he does. He does his stuff. I do mine. They live their life. I live my life. They do what they do. I do what I do. I follow God. They do a different thing. That's their business. I'm not afraid. I, I forsook it and I'm not afraid of them. I do what I do. I am a follower, and I am a believer, and I'm learning. And they can talk and do whatever they please, but that's not my world. That's what he did. That's what he did. Can you, how about it? Isn't that good? I don't know. I, does this resonate with you? Are you getting, are you following this? I, I, I really am trying to finish the message, but I got these words here that, that make a lot of sense. The last one, he endured. Let's finish with that one. It says, He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. How about the Adolf Hitler? I don't have that quote. It would be a perfect quote to put up on the screen. 
But Adolf Hitler has this written, the words are, he was, he thought that Christians were sweating like sweating dogs when you talked to them and stared at them. He was a, he, he stared you down like with a demonic stare. Adolf Hitler. When he, and he didn't go after the church primarily, but he wanted to use them as a tool. And he had this assembly of pastors. And he saw them cringe, be afraid, sweat like dogs, he said. He intimidated them, and he could put them under his own authority in the Gestapo. And many thousands of them went with the Nazi party in principle, and they became part of it. But a small group of like 275 churches, they stood against him. Niemuller was one of them. And he survived the, the war and everything, and, uh, and it's an interesting story. But I want to say, uh, Moses was not afraid of the king, and nor are you. This society is not controlling my life. How about you? This, this world is not controlling my life. They're not telling me what, what I am doing, what I'm not doing, what I believe and what I do not believe. They are not talking to me like that. That's not that. I forsook them. They are, they are a bunch of, they are empty suits. It's an empty world. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a facade. It's shallow. It's empty. It's a grave. It's Halloween on steroids. It's a culture of death. It's nothing. They have no message for me. Have, do you see it? It's a party time. The pleasure of sin is for a season and then you pay your price. Your, 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 your game in sin is for a season and then you pay for it because the wages of sin is death. But the light of the righteous shines brighter and brighter into the perfect day that your life gets better and better or you see things better. We're not perfect and we stumble and fall, but we know how the story ends and we know what Christ did for us and we're walking in it by faith. Isn't that good? Now let's, re- re- have you heard me say it all through the message we're ending, but now we really are. Verse 27. For he endured, here it is, this is the key, verse 27. He endured as seeing, seeing him who is invisible. How can you see invisible God? By faith. I see him. Now, I don't see him like that way. I see him. I see his hand, hand. I see his fingerprints. I see his footsteps. We see him. I hear, we hear him. We hear him. We see him. We endure by seeing him who is invisible. And the world will say to you, like, what are you doing? And you say, I'm living by faith. I'm not going with those people anymore. I'm walking by faith. I got new friends. I have the Spirit of God leading me. I got the Bible. I'm into the Bible. I'm into the Bible. I mean, every, I'm learning it. I am patient, but page by page, I'm learning to live by it. I want to practice it by faith. I want to read it and think about it and see what it says and live by faith. 
I want the Word of God to be my new life. I want my mind to be stimulated. I want to hear messages. I want to hear the Bible. I want to have fellowship with my brothers and sisters, and I want to have a lot of joy in my life. Guys, that's what God gives us. The world does not. Have you seen it? But God does. And you will endure. Now, how many years did this go on for? How many years and how does this go? How did Moses do it? He was 40 when he said, I'm a Jew. He was in the wilderness for 40 more years. He was 80 when they came out of Egypt. He was 120 when he died. That's the breakdown. Moses was 120 years old. And what does this say about him at the end of his life in Deuteronomy? Let me read it. It says, Moses, a servant of the Lord, died in the land of Moab. And he buried him in a valley. And Moses was 120 years old. This is verse 7 of Deuteronomy 34. He was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural face abated. He was not weathered. He was not all wrinkled up, looking like an old weathered man. He was fresh. He was fresh in his life. I think we do get old. I mean, obviously, we do. But wait a minute. What's in us? That's renewed day by day. Our body is perishing, but the inner man is renewed day by day. When you are a follower of God, you get something that the world cannot give you and the world cannot take away. When you're a follower of God, you have something that is eternal and valuable and spiritual and real, and you endure hardship because you have the living Christ in your heart. Yeah, we have temptation, but we go, no, I got something else going on. I've got the living God that I'm following and believing in, and I'm trusting him. Amen. You, if you as a believer today have started your journey by faith, then please consider these words and do the same. You know, trust him because he's the God of all grace. He will carry you. When you collapse, he restores you. When you're confused, he'll bring clarity. When you, when you fail, he'll go after you. He will find you. He'll set you up on a rock higher than yourself. You are not the answer. Christ is. It's not about your determination. It's about God's great grace given to you to help you, guide you, and do it. He does it. And if you haven't started your journey yet, start it today. Make a note of the day today in your Bible. On this day, on this day, whatever date it is, what is it, October what? 22nd, October 22nd, 2023. I gave my life to Jesus. I put my trust in Jesus. And you are born again today by the grace of God. Walk with him by faith. Amen. Amen.